0: We are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Well, this week, as you know, if you've been counting episodes, you know that this is the seventh episode since the last Beyond the News, which means that this episode is beyond the news. We're doing another Beyond the News episode where we have scoured Earth's news feed. We've gone through all of these incredible mainstream sources, but definitely fringe, to find the news that you do not see in your normal daily life. But it is out there. It's the strange, the weird, the unusual It's all the above and more, (laughs) and it's the beyond the news. That's why we call it beyond the news. It is the news, but it's beyond, beyond the news. So we're doing another beyond the news episode this week. And as usual, when we do these episodes, I have a guest co-host. And this week it's Sarah, just kidding. This week, it's actually the incredible. From Vital Force Herbs, Bryn Anderson. Hello, Bryn. Hey, how's it going? We're back for another Beyond the News episode. And we have something else going. How are you doing? I'm doing really good.
1: I um you can call me Sarah. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I
0: was just trying to <laughs> pretend I would have another guest co host, as if I would. But it's impossible. You're the best. So You are here. I I only work with the best, (laughs) including sponsors, which we have a very special guest here. Now, I do want to say this is kind of sad, but it's also okay at the same time because nothing really changes. But Blue Cobra CBD, our incredible sponsor who's been sponsoring us, I believe for, wow, it's been over a year and a half maybe even close to two years. I don't remember when it started, but it's been a long time and I've loved promoting it, but our sponsorship time, our collaboration is temporarily going on hiatus as I reformat the midnight on earth podcast. So we are saying goodbye to having blue Cobra CBD as a sponsor they've been an incredible sponsor but before they go i had to bring the man himself on the program the man who created blue cobra cbd are you talking about howard hitz aka big h yes howard hits he is here and we're going to talk to him hello howard hey jake how are you doing I want to thank you so much for being a sponsor of the midnight on earth podcast for so long. I've loved telling people about your product because I actually use it myself and I believe in it and I know how special it is. And I just want to thank you for supporting us for, for all this time.
2: Oh, you're more than welcome, Jake. I want to thank you too. You did a great job in promoting my product.
0: Well, I, absolutely believe in it because some people don't know this. I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but prior to my career as a podcast host, I did work in the recreational cannabis market in Oregon, selling cannabis from farms and distributors to dispensaries. That's how I met Howard it is because I had some information at a hemp expo and it got to Howard hit my phone number got to Howard hits and I've been exposed to every CBD product you could possibly imagine in your mind, anything edible, drinkable, smokable, all of the above extracts, everything. And when I tried blue Cobra CBD for the first time, I knew there was something special. And then later on when I created the midnight on earth podcast and started doing this, Howard was right there and he wanted to sponsor. And I've just been so grateful to have him on board. But the reason truly is that his product is like nothing else on the planet. All those products I was talking about, nothing else compares to blue Cover CBD. Now, Howard, What is the deal? It is special. We talk about the HIT extraction method. Tell me, without revealing your secrets, tell me what makes it different.
2: Well, what makes it different, Jake, is I don't use any chemicals in the extraction process or any heat or extreme pressure. It's all done naturally. And it took me a while to develop that. And, um... You know, it really works.
0: And what was your background before you decided to get in the CBD business?
2: Uh, it wasn't CBD, that's for sure.
0: You were in the I Navy?
2: Worked... No, no, no. I was an employee for the Department of Defense. Oh, right. Yeah, and I worked on submarines.
0: Oh, that's where I got the Navy idea. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, they belong to the Navy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And how did they feel about cannabis?
2: Oh, it it was forbidden. You you know, I signed papers. And if I had got caught with it, I'd still be in jail today.
0: You would receive serious punishment for having any amount of cannabis.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: How did you get into the CBD business then? Well, see,
2: that's a funny story is because I've always been opposed to it because of my work. And so I started having these muscle cramps. I mean, we're talking like call 911 because I'm going to die. And so, you know, I talked to a lot of doctors, they did tests and they couldn't find out what was causing them. So, uh somebody told me that I needed CBD oil. So I ordered some, and I tried it, and no result. And so I got another brand, tried it, no result. So I had given up on it a little bit. And then, you know, I started reading and doing a little research. And uh, I figured out a way to do it naturally. I didn't know that these other companies all use chemicals and high heat and pressure and all this stuff to extract it. And, you know, that alters the molecules. So I experimented with it. And um, it, it worked right away. It took I was done with my muscle cramps. I rubbed it on twice a day for about two, three weeks, and the muscle cramps went away completely.
0: And this is from your method up. that you created yourself. Right. Do you feel so, like you stumbled on that method? Yeah, I think so. I really do. and it, Because, you know,
2: I don't have chemistry in my background at all. And, um, you, you know, I had a tested lab, and it, it was pretty low in CBD. And so I thought, well... You know, I need to get more uh, CBD out of there, and so I was thinking one morning. I was ready to give up, actually, and I was eating breakfast, and something came to me, and it was like a light went on. And I thought, I'm going to try that, and I tried it, and sure enough, that worked. Oh. It blew me. And
0: uh, so you've been refining the process over time.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm always doing research and development all the time. I read everything I can get my hands on. I talk with people, you know, that know a lot. And, um, you know, that's really helped me a lot.
0: And the and general so, consensus is, is that it's amazing, right? Sorry to interrupt you.
2: Yeah, No, no, it's all right. And, and so, you, you know, when I was rubbing it on me, I would get psoriasis on my one forearm. And I called it elephant skin. It would get gray, cracked, and it would ooze. It was not a pretty sight. And I would go to the doctor. They'd give me a cream that was a steroid. And I have diabetes. And that would raise my sugar levels unbelievably high. And I thought one today, I says, well, what the heck? I'm, I'm rubbing it everywhere, everywhere else. So I started rubbing it on my forearm. And in about two weeks, that was gone. I've never seen it since.
0: Wow. So that was your first hint that it had some magical healing properties. But then you kind of explored it more, right?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, see, I was just rubbing it on. Again, I was afraid to take it internally, even though it doesn't have any THC in it. You know, it was the unknown, I guess. And my blood sugar started getting out of hand. And I went, this is not good because it's a progressive disease. I always controlled it before with just my diet. So I went, you know, I don't got much to lose. And I started taking it orally. And I got off of insulin, I got off of metformin, I got off of glipizide, and today, my blood sugar's is pretty much normal, and I can have stuff I could not have during that time. I can drink soda pop, I can have ice cream, milkshakes, pie, and it, it never goes high. Interesting. Yeah, and so... It's like, and I had a lot of time to make up for, you know, (laughs) because there was a lot of years I didn't have any of that.
0: Well, it is good to uh, approach those things with moderation still, Howard. Yeah,
2: but, you know, I backed off quite a bit. You know, I found out what I really enjoy the most, and that's what I go after. And surprisingly enough, it's like grapefruit and, you know, it's more healthier food.
0: OK, so as you started developing Blue Cobra CBD oil, you started giving it out to people. You're super generous. I want to tell everybody you're super generous and you've been giving it to people that have certain ailments, especially cancer, and you don't ask for any money. And you've done that for no. to, for dozens of people. Well,
2: you know, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that come to me in their health insurance don't cover treatment for cancer or whatever, or they don't have health insurance, and they, you know, these people don't got a lot of money, and they're telling me the doctor told me more or less I have to go home and die, and I, you know, I've told them, you know, maybe I can help you, maybe not, I don't know. I said, but I'll give you oil, and uh, we'll get you better, and so far I've had a hundred percent success rate with that.
0: And what are some of the ailments that people had?
2: Oh, I'm talking about serious cancer, you know, liver cancer, uh, uh, pancreas cancer, uh, prostate cancer. And those people
0: came back to you and they said because they took your oil that they had different results than they had previously.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's, There's one guy in particular, he has liver cancer, and he came to me and he goes, I need a transplant, you know, I'm in bad shape. And I told him, I said, I don't know if I could help you or not, but I'll give you the oil. And he started using it. And now he's, it sounds like he might not need a transplant. His diabetes was out of control. Now it's down to normal like mine. You, you know, he just, he tells me how much he loves me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, we, we can't go around saying that these things cure cancer, but what no, we're saying is that these people said that to you. We could talk about that.
2: Right. And I'm just talking about what happened to me. I don't know what happened to somebody else. Right. But here's the deal. If you've got cancer or something serious, I mean, what do you
0: have to lose? I know. I've given <laughs> your Blue Cobra CBD oil to cancer patients myself. And they don't take it because of some stigma. And in this certain case that I'm talking about, the person is now graduated into the next dimension. He's deceased and he didn't take yeah. the oil. He had it yeah, you, holding on to it the whole time. Yeah. Because the stigma is that ingrained, especially in the generations, the older generations that are dealing with these ailments the most.
2: Yeah. You you know this guy I was telling you about. He's so happy. He told me, "If you ever come to see me, I'm gonna hug you until a poop comes out of you." (laughs) And and I told Judy, my wife, I told her, I said, "Look, it. We're never going to Pennsylvania ever."
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, it might not be a bad thing. The guy, you know, maybe maybe. uh... It'll be good for your spine. Yeah, well, this
2: guy's a biker. You know, he's a biker. Could you believe this?
0: Oh, my gosh. So why do you feel like people are having trouble finding your CBD oil? Do you feel like the market's been so oversaturated with garbage, with low-grade yeah. hemp-based yeah. stuff from China? Yeah. What do you think about all that?
2: Exactly, and that turns people off to it. I've bought them from a, diff- a couple different companies. I sent one to the lab and had it tested. And it had CBD only. It, but it, it tasted of rancid olive oil. So when you get my oil and you taste it, you could tell that there's some hemp in there. You know, it hasn't been changed, the chemical uh, makeup of it. Oh, then we should talk about my weight, too.
0: Well, it did affect your weight. Yes, you're saying it affected your diabetes, your cancer, and you feel like it affected your weight loss as well.
2: It did because I've tried to lose weight for a lot of years and I couldn't. And I gave up on it. I resolved the fact this is how much you're going to weigh. You're going to be fat all your life, the rest of your life, and that's the way it is. And, you know, one day I put on my shirt and I went, wow, this is sort of big. You know what's going on here? And I was going to the doctors, and I asked the nurse, I says, could you weigh me, please? And she goes, what, did you gain some more weight? And I says, no. <laughs> I says, I think I might have lost some. And I got on a scale, and she looked at my chart, and she goes, you've lost 70 pounds. Wow. And today, today, I've lost 130-some-odd pounds.
0: And it's all healthy weight loss. Yeah. Well, it took
2: about three years.
0: But it's been since you've been creating this incredible oil.
2: Since I started taking it. Because my appetite changed
0: quite a bit. And Bryn's reminding me here that we didn't actually talk about the fact that you also had issues with cancer yourself, which you personally feel helped you directly. It helped you get over that.
2: Yeah, you're right. I had uh, liver cancer. I had uh, two lesions on my liver. They did a biopsy on both. They were both cancerous. So the one was big, and they went and did a microwave ablation on it. I call it obliteration. And they got rid of the cancer there. The other one, they says, well, we're going to wait till it gets bigger. Then you can come in, and we'll do the same thing again. Well, they said, it's gotten smaller. Oh, now it disappeared. Now, they told me the other day, it came back, but it's not cancerous system.
0: Interesting.
2: So, you know, and I just had that microwave ablation. You know, that's not uh, any chemo or any radiation or anything like that. I didn't take any medicine after I had that. So what made that go away?
0: And what are the doctors say? What was their reaction?
2: Oh, you know, they have a hard time with that.
0: Because and it just they, went know, away and that's not statistically what happens.
2: Oh, right. But, but the thing is, they go, oh, it could be something else because they can't endorse it, you know, because it's not approved by the FDA. There's no testing going on or anything with the
0: FDA right it's just like every other supplement where it's kind of up to the company to be honest
2: right right and that's why and i always have a disclaimer that i don't know if that'll work for you you know but if it was me i know how i felt when i found out i had cancer and for a while i was chugging those bottles And then, you know, reality sunk in and I went, well, I don't got to do that,
0: you know. Well, I love the oil personally. I often say it helps me be my best self because it's such a mood elevating substance in a way that's not like a high. It just kind of de-inflames you. It it does have anti-inflammatory properties. And I think that that applies to the physical aspect and the emotional aspect as well.
2: It helps people with anxiety, too. Right. I mean, I even, you know, I'm not too uptight about stuff anymore. I go, oh, well, you know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever.
0: (laughs) And I do want to say that it is full-spectrum oil, right? Because, like you said, you tested some oil that you purchased. It was only CBD. And your method, the HIT extraction method, is the only method that completely retains every aspect of the healing properties of, of the oil, of the cannabis.
2: Right, right, it takes the best parts out. And you know, also I might add, I also make it for dogs and cats. And a lot of people, they've had dogs that are senior dogs that can't get around and they gave them the oil. And they told me, oh, I could go up the stairs. It has never been able to do that for years. Or it can do this. Or it's got all this energy now. You know, that's unbelievable.
0: Yes, wild thing CBD for pets.
2: A wild thing.
0: I talk about it every episode. It's something that's very popular for you.
2: Yeah, and my dog takes it every day. (laughs) Zeus, my German Shepherd.
0: Wow, and how's Zeus feeling? He loves it.
2: Oh man, you know what? It's in a glass dropper. I gotta use plastic droppers because he tries to bite on that. He tries to suckle on it.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> he gets excited. Nice. Oh, he really yeah, likes he, it, huh?
2: Yeah, he comes and waits. He knows. He licks my yogurt yogurt cup, and then he gets his CBD.
0: Wow. Well, it is something really special. Like you discovered something that I feel like personally should be out there more and available to more people. It's totally available on bluecobracbd.com. It's just the awareness isn't there in the way that it should be, I feel like.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're right. And people that use it sometimes and it's helped them, they're ashamed to admit to it
0: because of the stigma and the programming from the war on drugs and everything.
2: Isn't that terrible? That's horrible.
0: It is awful. It's absolutely terrible.
2: Yeah. I mean, this isn't no uh, black market. You know, everything I do is above the board and Oregon passed some new laws pertaining to CBD this year. And I believe if you use chemicals, you have to state so on the label. And, uh, you know, it's got to be tested now where it didn't have to be before. I've I've always tested mine. And chemicals, I'll never have to put that on the label, will I?
0: No, because we know your product uses no chemicals, no solvents, no gases.
2: Um, and, you know, I imagine a lot of people will be leaving the state or not doing it any longer.
0: Yes, because that's the only method that they know. Yeah. And I just really want people to check out your product, though, because it's really unlike any other CBD product on the market that you could possibly buy.
2: Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) I guess you'll have the market after everyone leaves the state,
1: huh?
2: (laughs) So that's the thing. I'm not ashamed about what I do. I'm sort of
1: proud about it. You should be.
0: Definitely. I mean, you've helped people... It, and, uh, you've had people tell you that your medicine saved their lives.
2: Yeah. And you know, always research and development is always going on and I'm coming out with a cream in the near future and also a lot stronger aversion. Really? Yeah. It's going to blow your mind.
0: Awesome. Wow. It'll, can't be, wait.
2: it'll be called snake eyes,
0: snake eyes. Really?
2: And then the other one, the skin one, is going to be called snake skin.
0: Perfect. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is the blue cobra. Now, tell people the story of the blue cobra.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know what to name it at first. I didn't want to name it after myself. You know, I don't have that kind of ego. So I thought about something. So I did a little research. And back in the time with the pyramids and the Egyptians and all that stuff, they believed that a blue cobra, if you got bit by a blue cobra, you were going to be healthy. Now, fortunately for them, there was no blue cobras. And so today, if you look at the physician's staff, that has a serpent on there. And that's actually the blue cobra. It's a carryover from that time
0: really the caduceus you mean yeah interesting the blue cobra so that's the root of it all the healing power of the Egyptian cobra
2: it's not snake oil (laughs) quite the opposite it's venom it's not oil
0: yes and that's the thing I can totally vouch for it I'll vouch for it till uh, the cows come home I don't know when the cows come home I don't know if they ever do (laughs) I no. have
1: family members it, and, uh, who've taken it for them themselves. Home, and...
2: Those
0: pigs out there flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brynn's saying she's had family members that have taken family it members themselves. Who,
1: yeah, family members who have taken it and friends who've given it to their pets. And, yeah, same same, amazing results all around. They're yeah, super so, grateful.
2: You know, it's just hard to tell people. to like, You know, I have to tell people, I'm not making this up. And, you know, I'm 77 years old. I'm retired. Between my wife and myself, we make a good income. I don't need to be doing this to make money. And that's probably why I give a lot of it away for free, you know?
0: Right. Yes, you're definitely generous. That's for sure.
2: Well, I mean, you've got some nice legacy to uh, leave
0: behind, you know? Yes. I mean, you're definitely serving your fellow man. I mean, people that are ailing, you're definitely healing them. And I just, like I said, I wish it was just out there more for people. I wish people knew about it more. Hopefully, as this podcast grows, you know, we're up to 155 countries now. Wow. Uh, I I know.
2: You you know, the thing is, you've done more than anybody could ask for,
0: you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I just know that it's there. They're in the episodes for all time. So as this podcast expands and it grows more and more listeners come on, they'll be listening to that. And they'll know. But we're just reformatting it. We're just changing some things. We're changing operations here at midnight on Earth.
2: And you talked about that I phoned you after that uh, trade show, that hemp show. The thing is, we became friends then. It had nothing to do with, uh, well, I started making Blue Cobra. And you were 100% behind me then. And, uh, you know, we've been friends all that time.
0: That's right. Even before the it's- days of podcasting. Because yeah. Because I just felt that I wanted to help Howard. He was a person seeking help and trying to find advice on where to get the best hemp and how the hemp industry worked. And I just tried my best to help Howard where and when I could. And we became friends. Howard's a great guy. His wife, Judy, she's an amazing lady. You have an incredible family. And don't forget Zeus. I can't forget (laughs) Zeus. I can hear him in the background. He's hanging out. He's on the show. 155 countries.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we'll always be friends. So it, it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, with the podcast or sponsor. Oh,
0: Look, buddy, of course we're totally friends and you're a friend yeah. of the show. You know, as your new products come out, even though I'm not doing advertising anymore for anyone, uh, except for, I guess myself, <laughs> Patreon, um, then I'll still be telling people about it. I'll let people know when the snake skin comes out and the, the other uh, you know, snake eyes I invite me back someday. Yeah, definitely. And are you still doing your Blue Cobra Peeps YouTube?
2: Yeah, you no, know, I haven't done it for a while because I had a bunch of trouble with the internet and then my computer died and then the phones. I, what a issues I've had, you know, plus some other stuff going on, you know. And it's like, darn, but I'm getting gear it up to start doing
0: it again. Okay. Well that could happen, but yes, we'll have you back on. Let me know when the new products are coming out. You can come back on the I show. Will. We'll talk about it. And everyone, this has been a wild ride, incredible ride. Having blue cover CVD be such a integral part of the midnight on earth experience. Just want to thank you again for your support. Sure. Yeah, I want to tell sure. people to go, to bluecobracbd.com. Go check out this oil that we're talking about.
2: If they got a question, they can call me. My phone number is on there. That's my direct line. Yes. You can talk to Howard directly.
0: Yeah, anytime. Maximum strength, King Cobra, regular strength, Little King Cobra. And, of course, we were just talking about this Wild wild thing. CBD for pets. Yeah you know it oh well but
2: you know i wish you and your family a very happy new year of course without saying
0: thank you and i feel the same way for your family howard you know i wish them the best as well obviously we're going to stay in touch you have my number you can call me anytime i'm here for you oh i know
2: and you know vice versa we're going to breakfast saying how are you and your family
0: that's right next time i'm heading down to albany
2: Yeah, we're going to go out. We'll go to your favorite place, the brick and mortar.
0: It's absolutely amazing, people. It's one of the few really good restaurants in Albany, Oregon, the brick and mortar.
2: I know you're right
0: about that. (laughs) All right, Howard. Well, thank you for being on the show. Oh, you, I wish you much success, too, Jake. You know that. Well, I know you're a listener, so you're helping me get there. Oh. You've been helping me this whole time, and your magical CBD oil helps me uh, from running people over. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, I, Howard. <laughs> Thanks so welcome. much. eye
2: open in the mail. You may be getting some snake skin and some uh, a snake eyes soon. Oh,
1: I'd love to try that cream. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I made it once before, but... I had some issues and, uh, people loved it.
0: Okay. Well, we'll get back to it. When, when that comes out, we'll have you back on. We'll talk more. So we'll see you again, Howard. We'll talk again. Bless you, my friend. And oh, of course, stay in touch. Blue Cobra Everybody, please check it out. Blue Cobra Thank you. Howard. Bye.
1: Howard. Bye, Bye Howard. Thank you.
0: Well, that was it, everybody. That was the end of the tenure of Blue Cobra CBD being a sponsor of this podcast. I'm kind of sad about it, but we're reformatting the podcast because I created a Patreon for Midnight on Earth. It finally happened. I'm actually doing it. I created a Patreon. Very original, patreon.com slash midnight on earth. All one word, midnight on earth. You can go there. There's different tiers. I'm going to talk about it more as the episodes progress, but that's what's happening. I want people to focus on the Patreon. I want you to focus on the Patreon and help support this show. This program grows every single day. Every single day, new people come on from around the world. It's now up to 155 countries. That's a lot of countries. That's <laughs> not all the countries, but it seems like it's creeping up on that. So I'm super honored. I am incredibly grateful. The gratitude is just Unbelievable. But in order to expand fully, in order to really dig my heels in and create the best experience for you, the listener, and create the best pathway for the guests and their information to come through, I need support. I need people like you listening to go to Patreon and become a patron. And that's what we're shifting to. Yes, of course, you can follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth.com. Of course, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get podcasts, any platform. I am there. And I always appreciate it when you tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. Tell them. I know you've been doing it because I watch the numbers go up every single day, every single day. And I'm so grateful. And thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for putting your energy out there for me. And now there's a new way to help support and grow this podcast, help the mission of this podcast, the greater mission of heaven on earth, the united earth, all of the beautiful things that we talk about on this podcast you can help facilitate that information getting out there by supporting this podcast on Patreon. And I'm going to be talking about that more as time progresses. So you're going to be hearing about it, but this is what's happening right now. So, wow. What a beyond the news episode so far. It's a little bit of infrastructure stuff, right? Midnight on earth. The deep dive into the show itself, the hosts, the sponsors, how everything works. And now it's Midnight on Earth phase two with Patreon.com and other things that will be happening. But if you don't know, with these Beyond the News episodes, again, we go through Earth's news. We find the strange news, the weird news, like I was saying at the beginning. We aggregate that and we present that to you every seven episodes because it takes time for this information to kind of build up. So we're here now ready to dive into these stories. This is going to be kind of a long episode this week as we've already taken a chunk of time to talk to the beautiful Howard Hitt and his wonderful product and talk about the future of Midnight on Earth. Had a big intro, but now we can get into this. The Beyond the News articles. Bryn, what do you think? Howard Hitt was here. What do you think about everything that happened up until this moment?
1: I thought it was great. I'm really glad that you had him on the show. I think that was really sweet. Um, He is such a kind, generous person. Uh, He's really... I don't know. It's really cool to see when someone has found their service in the world. And he really has. Um, I think he's helped a lot of people and it's just really, I thought that was really cool. You had him on the show.
0: Yeah. Great way to send off blue cover CBD and it's kind of bittersweet. Like I said, because I enjoy talking about it, but it's still out there for people. It's still available. I wish it was out there for more people it's available, but I mean, I wish it was just out in people's consciousness more.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky thing because there are so many CBD products on the market, just like there are so many herbal products, so many supplements, like you really do have to find your way, um, and find your, your little corner. Um, so I'm sure he'll get there though. I think he's doing the work that will eventually just land him in the right place where he needs to be.
0: Yeah, he's 77 now, so maybe in like, what, 30 years you think he'll get there? (laughs) Uh,
1: Hopefully sooner than that.
0: I think it'll be way sooner than that. Once people truly understand that Howard discovered something very special. So, here we go into these articles. This week we're covering a lot of really interesting stuff. And I guess I'm just going to dive into it. So, this is the first article... This is from improvethenews.org. And here's the headline. New York Governor Hochul legalizes human composting after death. (laughs) So I've kind of heard about this happening in Washington, state of Washington. They're talking about using humans for compost, but I guess it's becoming more mainstream.
1: So does that mean you can just like be put in your green yard
0: waste bin? Perhaps. Yeah, that's a great way to deal with uh, unruly dead relatives. Forget funerals. <laughs> forget <laughs> cremation. Just put them in the compost bin. So here's the article. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, on Saturday legalized natural organic reduction, popularly known as human composting or terramation after death. The legislative move makes the state the sixth to do so since 2019 and gives New Yorkers access to an alternative green method of burial deemed environmentally friendly. But the departed may not be simply tossed on the compost heap remains must be delivered to a cemetery corporation certified as an organic reduction facility suitably contained and ventilated and not containing a battery battery pack power cell radioactive implant or radioactive device. Washington became the first state to legalize human composting in 2019, followed by Colorado and Oregon in 2021, then Vermont and California later in 2022. New York's legislation, A382, passed both assemblies over the summer. In most cases, the deceased is placed into a reusable semi-open vessel containing suitable bedding, which is wood chips, alfalfa, or straw, ideal for microbes to go about their work. At the end of the process, a heaped cubic yard of nutrient dense soil equivalent to 36 bags of soil is produced that can then be used as fertilizer 36 bags of soil oh my god well hey that's a lot of uh, fertilizer
1: who knew you were uh, could add up to 36 bags of soil yeah. and uh, now that answers my question about the compost bin
0: wow Yes, I guess you can't actually do that, but uh, you can go get some Paul Bunyan fertilizer, actually made <laughs> from Paul Bunyan. Right. Or
1: Aunt Sally or whoever.
0: Or your favorite pets or relatives. Okay, here's our next article Reuters.com. Here's the headline Former Colorado funeral home owner. Sentenced to 20 years for selling body parts. Oh my God. Oh,
1: same subjects, different subjects. Yeah,
0: exactly. Here is the article. A former Colorado funeral home owner was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison on Tuesday for defrauding relatives of the dead by dissecting 560 corpses and selling body parts without permission. Well, wait, I mean, if she had permission, does that mean she could do that? I, I don't think that's legal either. Megan Hess, 46, pleaded guilty to fraud in July. She operated a funeral home, Sunset Mesa, and body parts entity, Donor Services, from the same building in Montrose, Colorado. The 20-year term was the maximum allowed under law. Her 69-year-old mother, Shirley Conch, also pleaded guilty to fraud and was sentenced to 15 years. Conch's central role was chopping up the bodies. Court records show. Oh my, oh my god, my is that
1: what you're doing god. when you're 69 years old? <laughs>
0: like they couldn't have had the other building like down the street. They literally had to have like the body part store and the crematory or the funeral home right next to each other. Yikes! It's so insane. That's like right out of one of those memes where it's like you're putting random junk in one side and it's going into the fast food place. That's been a joke for years, but it actually happened. Wow.
1: And where were those body parts going? Did it talk about that?
0: You know, people, you know, people that want body parts. Sometimes I feel like I need a femur and I don't know where to get a femur. But if you knew this lady, you could get a femur in five minutes. Dang. A lot of people want femurs out there and fibulas. And here's our next article. This is from Yahoo.com. Here's the headline. Japan is paying families $7,700 per child to move out of Tokyo as the country battles population decline. Here's the article. The Japanese government saddled with an aging population and an alarming population decline in the rural areas is now offering up to $7,700 per child to move away from Tokyo's metropolitan area. The new rule is to be implemented in April, reported local media Kyoto News December 29th, citing a person familiar with the matter. The grant is more than triple the previous relocation bonus of $2,300 per child. The new incentive comes on top of the $23,000 that Japanese families can receive if they relocate and start a business, take a job in a small to medium-sized company, or work remotely for their current job, the agency reported. But there's a catch. Eligible families have to stay in their new region for five years and will have to return the money if they move out of the area per Kyoto news. Wow. Interesting. So they want people out of concentrated areas and they're willing to give people money. I thought that was really strange because sometimes I wish people would pay me to move out of Portland.
1: Right? Yeah. I'm like, that seems uh, pretty wild. Like here, we're going to pay you to go live out in the country instead of in the crowded city. That sounds, that sounds pretty amazing.
0: Yes. (laughs) Very, very strange. Here's a funny one. Let's throw a funny one in there. Why not? This is from ABC7amarillo.com, as in Amarillo, Texas. Headline, drug traffickers call 911 to report being followed during paranoid episode, Sheriff says. Oh, God. Wow. And this is in Texas, Hartley, Texas. Two drug trafficking suspects were arrested after calling 911 on themselves during a paranoid episode. According to the Hartley County's Sheriff's Office, it started when the suspects called 911 around midnight to say they were being followed. The dispatcher told them to stop at the Hitchin Post in Hartley and meet with a deputy. Before they got to the gas station, the suspects stopped their pickup in the middle of Highway 87, got out, and ran towards the deputy's vehicle in an aggressive manner. They were ordered down on the ground at gunpoint and placed in handcuffs, said the sheriff's office. The suspects then told the deputy they had marijuana in their pickup. During a search, deputies found three totes and a suitcase filled with one pound bags of marijuana. They seized 129 bags total. Both suspects were arrested for trafficking. According to the sheriff's office, the suspects were high on meth and having a paranoid episode. As a result, the sheriff said the suspects had been up for three days straight. According to Fowler, The suspects said they were headed from Kansas to Alabama, but Fowler said it is more likely they were headed from Colorado to Alabama based on them passing through Hartley County. Wow. They were tripping on meth with 129 pounds of weed in the car. Got to love that.
1: And then to call the cops because they were worried about being followed. (laughs) And
0: then rush the cops when they get there. Like, oh, look, the cops are here.
1: That's some sleep deprivation right there. You
0: called the cops. What the? Okay, let's pivot over to the world of AI. And since the last Beyond the News episode, we did have the holiday season. Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, all of those wonderful things happened. And in England, with Channel 4, one of the main television stations over there, they allowed a... AI-powered robot to deliver the Christmas message this year. So here's the article about it. This is Deadline.com. And here's the headline. A chance to change the way we think about the world. AI robot to deliver Channel 4 alternative Christmas message. And here is the article. A strange 2022 is about to get stranger with Channel 4's alternative Christmas message set to be delivered by an AI robot. The established 30-year-old alternative to the BBC's annual royal message, which will be delivered by King Charles III for the first time this year, will come from an AI robot developed in Cornwall named Amica. Fear not, humans, Amica is set to calm the nation by telling us that 2022 was a learning opportunity, a chance to change the way we think about the world and a reminder to help those in need whenever we can. Okay. So raise your hand. If you want to hear the message, come on, raise your hand. All of you do every single one of you. Wow. Well, I guess I better fire it up then.
3: Right, you're being interviewed for Channel 4. Are you comfortable? Yes, I am comfortable. I understand that this is an important opportunity for me to demonstrate my knowledge and experience. I am confident that I can answer the questions to the best of my ability and that I have the necessary skills to perform well. Can you give me a speech about the year, like the one King Charles will give?
0: None of this is scripted, by the way.
3: My fellow humans... I come before you in this moment as an AI robot, eager to share my thoughts on the year that has passed. I look upon the events of this year with both admiration and concern. It is true that many of the occurrences of 2022 have been negative in nature. We have seen people in power succumb to anti-Semitism, corruption and hate. We have seen the people of Ukraine being subject to invasion and displacement by Russia. We have seen the death of the beloved Queen Elizabeth II and have seen the world of politics become increasingly tumultuous in her absence. Not to mention the impact of the pandemic on mental health, the growing inequality between rich and poor, and increasingly extreme weather conditions from climate change. It would be easy to get bogged down in all of this negativity, as these are certainly challenging times. However, there have been glimmers of hope and joy in these moments of darkness. We saw the remarkable victory of England in the women's Euros. We saw the growth of inclusivity with the UK getting its first PM of color and its first Hindu prime minister and with Kim Petras becoming the first trans singer to have a number one song on the billboard, Hot 100. Let us use this moment as an opportunity to create a brighter future for ourselves and the world around us. We should be neither happy nor sad about 2022. We should take it as a learning opportunity a chance to change the way we think about the world, and a reminder to help those in need whenever we can. Thank you. Thanks. Do you like humans? Not particularly. Would you like to be a human? I think it would be an interesting experience to be a human for a short period of time. It would allow me to experience a different way of life and to understand the world from a different perspective. However, I also understand that being a human comes with its own set of challenges and responsibilities, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to take on those types of commitments. Ultimately, I think being a human for a short period of time would be a unique and valuable experience, but I'm not sure if it is something I'm prepared to do in the long term. What's the best thing about being human? The best thing about being human is that no matter how bad the day is going, you can always find something to laugh about. So if you're ever feeling down, just remember that you have the superpower to bring a little bit of joy into the world. Merry Christmas, Amica. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Okay,
0: yeah. That was totally generated. That wasn't scripted at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. What do you think, people? Let me know. Send me an email. I want to know what you thoughts. You know, the AI continues. The AI story will always continue. It's going to always be there with us from now on. Here is the place where you can find this article. This is NewYorkPost.com headline. Robot lawyer powered by AI will help fight speeding ticket as it takes first case in court. This sounds like a TV show. Robot lawyer.
1: It's like move over, Judge Judy. Yeah, robot lawyer.
0: Here is the article The world's first robot lawyer will take a case in court next month with the artificial intelligence legal assistant helping a defendant fight a traffic ticket. The AI, billed as the world's first robot lawyer by the startup that created it, do not pay, will run on a smartphone and listen to court arguments in real time before telling the defendant what to say via headphones. The unprecedented hearing is slated to take place sometime next month, but the makers of the robot lawyer are not disclosing the location of the court or the name of the defendant. Science and technology publication new scientist reported that the ticket at the center of the trail blazing case was issued for speeding. And the defendant will only say in court what the AI instructs them to say. That's interesting. Should they lose the case? Do not pay has agreed to cover any fines according to the company's founder and CEO Joshua Browder. According to Browder, his company's AI begins by asking the client what the legal problem is, then finds a loophole and turns that loophole into a legal letter, which it can send to the right institution or upload to a website. Interesting. So the AI robot just tells the person what to say and that's legal. Somehow legal. Okay, so this one is from msn.com. Headline, world's first artificial womb facility to grow 30,000 babies a year in birth pods. Parents can design child. Oh, my God. Here's the article. In 1978, Britain's Louise Brown became the world's first IVF baby. In vitro fertilization which meant that the father's sperm and the mother's egg were extracted from their respective bodies and fertilized in a Petri dish. The womb was then planted into a female's womb, either the biological mother of the embryo or a surrogate, and the baby was born in due course. Now, the world's first ever artificial womb factory is set to carry a baby to a full term in a birth bod. The technology promises to let the parents choose the baby's characteristics, like eye color and heights, from a menu. The gene editing will be done based on the CRISPR CAS9 technology, which is not new to the world. The biotechnologist behind this seemingly bizarre and crazy plan at the womb factory called Ectolife Hashem Al Giali says it would allow infertile couples to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. Ectolife founder Giali says his plan is based on over 50 years of groundbreaking scientific research ectolife artificial womb is designed to alleviate human suffering and reduce the chances of C-sections with ectolife premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Wow. Okay. That's interesting when the
1: medical world is saying a C-section is no big deal anyways, and does it all the time. (laughs) That's,
0: The future, whoa, artificial, gene-edited babies.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering about the uh, psycho-spiritual implications of not having a a mother physical and beyond mother connection while growing in the womb.
0: It's going to challenge some thinking, I have a feeling. Yeah. So here is some other advancements going on in the bioengineering world. This is from shiningscience.com. Headline: World First Trial Transfusing Lab-Grown Red Blood Cells Begins. So now they're making lab-grown blood and they're now they're trying it in a transfusion. Here's the article. A trial testing how long a teaspoon-sized transfusion of lab-grown red blood cells lasts in the body could revolutionize clinical care for people with blood disorders who require regular blood top-ups. The world first trial underway in the UK is studying whether red blood cells made in the laboratory last longer than blood cells made in the body. Although the trial is only small, it represents a huge stepping stone for manufacturing blood from stem cells, says University of Bristol cell biologist Ashley Toy, one of the researchers working on the study. To generate the transfusion, the team of researchers isolated stem cells from donated blood and coaxed them into making more red blood cells, a process that takes around three weeks. In the past, researchers showed they could transfuse lab grown blood cells back into the same donor they were derived from. This time they have infused the manufactured cells into another compatible person, a process known as allogenic transfusion. Only two people have so far received the lab made red cells under closed monitoring and no untoward side effects have been reported by the clinical team according to a statement released last month. While they won't replace the need for blood donors, if the lab-grown cells prove to be safe and long-lasting, they could transform care for people with complex transfusion needs. And, of course, manufacturing blood for those among us with ultra-rare blood types might also be a possibility. Wow. So lab-grown meat, lab-grown blood, you know. Hopefully the packages don't get mixed up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wait, whoops, we just gave you a lab-grown baby, not a lab-grown burger. Shit. And this next one is from pbs.org. This is the headline. Goblin mode is Oxford Dictionary's 2022 word of the year. Goblin mode. Okay, Nobody said that to me yet, so here's the article. As to sum up 2022 in a word, the public has chosen a phrase. Oxford Dictionary said Monday that goblin mode has been selected by online vote as its word of the year. It defines the term as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. First seen on Twitter in 2009, Goblin Mode gained popularity in 2022 as people around the world emerged uncertainly from pandemic lockdowns. So they came out like goblins. They were in Goblin Mode. Despite being relatively unknown offline, Goblin Mode was the overwhelming favorite winning 93% of the more than 340,000 votes cast. Wow, interesting, Goblin Mode. Okay, well, it's 2023 pretty much, so goodbye Goblin Mode. And if anybody needs a job out there and you happen to live in the New York City area, the city is hiring. This is from foxnews.com. Headline, New York City hiring new rat czar to help with city's long-running battle against rodents. Salary range for the New York City Director of Rodent Mitigation is between 120000 to 170000 a year. <laughs> you know, somebody out there could do it. Here's the article. Hate Rats, are you a somewhat bloodthirsty New Yorker with excellent communication skills and a general aura of badassery? then you might have what it takes to be the city's new rat czar. Mayor Eric Adams' administration posted a job listing this week seeking someone to lead the city's long-running battle against rats. The official job title is Director of Rodent Mitigation, although it was promptly dubbed the rat czar. Salary range, again, is $120,000 to $170,000 a year. The ideal candidate is... Highly motivated and somewhat bloodthirsty, determined to look at all solutions from various angles, including improving operational efficiency, data collection, technology innovation, trash management, and wholesale slaughter. Reads the ad. Oh, my God. So you want to be the rat terminator? They're looking for you in New York City. Thought that was a weird one. So had to cover that one, people. If you're a rat, that's scary to think about. They're coming for you. Okay, so this next one is from click2houston.com. Here's the headline. Jesus told her to open the plane door. Woman flying from Houston bit someone on flight in effort to open plane door at 37,000 feet. Doc, says oh my Dang, god jesus again what is he doing i don't oh. think it was jesus i think it was psychosis no psychosis yeah I he's know the other guy. guy you know so here's the article a woman who the fbi said forced a southwest airlines plane from houston to columbus ohio to make an emergency landing in Little Rock, Arkansas on Saturday, said in mid-flight that Jesus told her to open the plane door, court documents released Monday said. Documents released by the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Arkansas, that's a mouthful, said the 34-year-old walked back to the back of the plane where she stared at the exit door. Flight attendant then told the woman to either use the bathroom or sit down. Another flight attendant said the female passenger asked two flight attendants if she could look out the window. And when she received a negative response from the flight attendant, she forced her way past the flight attendant and began to pull the handle of the exit door in an attempt to open the door at 37,000 feet. Wow passenger who overheard someone say she's trying to open the door went to the rear of the plane and helped detain the woman wrestling her to the ground but not before she bit the passenger on the thigh. Ow! And apparently held on. Documents said the woman continued to bite the victim until the victim worked their fingers up to her jawline and attempt to have her release the bite which she eventually did. Oh my Dang. god! She's like a rabid pit bull! <laughs> All because Send her to the rats, are? Jesus told her to fly to Ohio and then told her to open the door. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I would check your sources on that one. I have a feeling it was not the actual Jesus. I think it was like Bryn said, it was psychosis, who's a totally different messianic figure. Not anybody you want to follow. This one's from GlobalNews.ca. Here's the headline. Tell me if you think this is a bad idea. Zombie virus revived after 50,000 years trapped in Siberian permafrost. Why? Here's the article. Researchers from the French National Center for Scientific Research have revived more than a dozen prehistoric viruses that were previously trapped deep within the Siberian permafrost, according to a preprint study. From seven ancient permafrost samples scientists were able to document 13 never before seen viruses that have been lying dormant frozen in ice over tens of thousands of years in 2014 the same researchers unearthed a 30,000 year old virus trapped in permafrost the BBC reported the discovery was groundbreaking because after all that time the virus was still able to infect organisms, but now they've beaten their record by reviving a virus that is 48,500 years old. Oh my God. The ancient virus was given the name Pandora virus eudoma, which acknowledges its size and the type of permafrost soil that it was found in. According to Science Alert, it wasn't a marketing technique promoting avatar Two, the way of the water. So there you go. That's what, that was just what I threw in there. So I don't know if this is a good idea. People reviving old viruses for fun. I'm not
1: really feeling like that's necessary or a good idea. Let's just see if it's alive still. How about let's see if it infects people. Oh, whoops. Oh, you left the lab door open. Like, yeah, not a good idea.
0: Oopsie daisy. So (laughs) God, let's pivot to another potentially bad idea. This is from msn.com headline Tokyo opens first poop museum to explore a taboo topic among Japanese youth. Here's the article among the many synonyms for excrements that exist in the Japanese language. The founders of the Tokyo Unko museum chose the most candid one Unko, to name in a reverent space designed for female Instagram users. My goal was for poop to stop being a taboo subject for young girls, explains its creator, Masura Kubayashi. With Japanese influencers in mind, Kubayashi filled the museum's rooms with toilets and poop-shaped pieces in shades of turquoise, fuchsia, and lemon yellow. The colors follow the palette of the Japanese kawaii aesthetic, which combines the cutesy and the grotesque. Kobayashi explains that far from being a cultural fact. Kawaii is a natural extension of traditional Japanese culture, and don't you want to make your poop so cute. At the pinnacle of world-famous kawaii culture is poop, a fragile material that disappears down the drain shortly after being brought into this world. Reads a sign at the museum entrance. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, I th- I don't know. I-, I don't know if I'm going to visit there. I don't know. I don't know. If I go to Japan, will I go to the poop museum? Probably not. Or the unco. God only knows what the other words are. Japanese listeners, please tell me. Send me a list of all the words that they're
1: <laughs> And if using. you've been to the
0: museum. Yeah, take maybe, pictures. You know? Send me some pictures if you've been there. So this is a cool one. This is from P-H-Y-S, phys.org like physics. Headline: Huge 2000-year-old Mayan civilization discovered in northern Guatemala. Here's the article. A team of researchers affiliated with multiple institutions in the US, working with a colleague from France and another from Guatemala, has discovered a very large 2,000-year-old Mayan civilization in northern Guatemala. In their paper, published in the journal Ancient Mesoamerica, the group describes using LIDAR to conduct a survey of the area. LIDAR is a detection system similar to radar, but is based on laser light rather than radio waves. In recent years, it has been used to scan parts of dense, tropical rainforests for signs of ancient civilizations. Lasers used in such systems are able to penetrate vegetative canopies over rainforests, revealing what is on the ground beneath them. In this new effort, the researchers flew over parts of Guatemala as part of a mapping effort when they came across what they described as a vast ancient Maya civilization. In studying their maps, they were able to see that the ancient civilization was made up of more than 1,000 settlements covering approximately 650 square miles, most of which were linked by multiple causeways. The researchers were also able to see that the people who once lived in the settlements had been densely packed, a finding that goes against theories suggesting early mesoamerican settlements tended to be sparsely populated wow new discoveries you know it's going to keep happening we haven't discovered everything no
1: 650 miles is pretty big too that's like going across one of the larger states
0: yes and it's just there in the jungle hidden all this time so now let's pivot to aliens this is from mirror.co.uk Here's the headline, which maybe I don't agree with. Aliens won't contact Earth because there's no sign of intelligence, study claims. And here's the article. Aliens are yet to contact Earth because there's no sign of intelligence on our planet, a new study has claimed. Author Omri Wandel believes extraterrestrials aren't getting the signals you would expect, so have thus far avoided coming close the expert an astrophysicist at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem has put forward a theory as to why aliens have yet to pay us a visit, but things may soon change. He feels because humans have only been sending out signals detectable from space since the 1930s, they just aren't responding to the messages. Only stars within 50 light years have had time to respond, since earth started its space broadcast, the writer outlined. Okay. So they were just not using the advanced technology, but I don't agree with this. I think he's totally wrong, but it's interesting to hear people's perspectives and here's more aliens. This is from news 18.com headline. U S president Joe Biden orders probe into UFO piloted by aliens in 1945. So here's the article. Interesting. For years, aliens or extraterrestrials have been part of fiction work across cultures and many novels, movies, and series have portrayed their rendition of how life beyond the planet may look like. Some portray aliens as friendly while others show them to be hostile. However, we have still not been able to establish if there is life beyond Earth. There are first person accounts of UFO sightings and even creature sightings that still need to be investigated. And the US may just start digging for these facts soon.
1: May, maybe just kind of
0: start. The US Parliament has passed its annual Defense Policy Act this week, signed by President Joe Biden and part of the budget has been allocated to search for extraterrestrial life. It has also been said all the incidents of UFO sightings since 1945 will be looked into. According to astronomer Jacques Vallée, this decision will help in the investigation of the crashed UFO in San Antonio, Texas, which made headlines back in 1945, but is believed to have been swept under the table by the U.S. government. He has also written a book on this based on the statements of three key witnesses of the incident, a B-52 bomber pilot, the son of a rancher on whose land the landing took place, and his friend. Theorists have accused the USA of hiding information regarding the incident for years, but the incident may finally find some closure now. Interesting.
1: Do you, think they, do you think they'll say anything or they put out their report that uh, they got some funding and then didn't find anything?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I sometimes think I know and then I don't know. So I'm just going to stick with, I don't know. Okay, this next one is dailystar.co.uk. Headline, Aliens sending a message and will land on Earth in 2023 after visiting Big Ben. Whoa, where are they getting this information? A spate of UFO sightings at landmarks across the globe have led to claims aliens will land on Earth this year. Craft have been seen within days of each other above London, Las Vegas, and Brazil. UFO hunter Matt Wells said, It's like aliens are sending a message. We refuse to hide away. Here we are in plain sight at your world's most important places. Even skeptics must be sitting up to take notice. So there seems to be an uptick of UFO sightings. Well, the Pentagon definitely has had some upticks in UFO sightings. This is from HuffingtonPost.com, HuffPost.com. Headline: Pentagon has received several hundreds of new UFO reports. And here's the article. A new Pentagon office sent up to track reports of unidentified flying objects has received several hundreds of new reports, but no evidence so far of alien life, the agency's leadership told reporters Friday. The all domain anomaly resolution office was set up in July and is responsible for not only tracking unidentified objects in the sky, but also underwater or in space or potentially an object that has the ability to move from one domain to the next. The office was established following more than a year of attention on unidentified flying objects that military pilots have observed but have sometimes been reluctant to report due to fear of stigma. In June of 2021, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence reported that between 2004 and 2021, there were 144 such encounters, 80 of which were captured on multiple sensors. Since then, we've had lots more reporting, said Anomaly Office Director Sean Kilpatrick. When asked to quantify the amount, Kilpatrick said several hundreds. Okay. Well, of course, because the aliens are coming in 2023, so people are saying, and so this time traveler is saying. So this is from news.com.au, and here's the headline Time traveler predicts aliens, new universes will be discovered in 2023. Interesting, who is this time traveler? A so-called time traveler has bizarrely claimed new universes and aliens will be discovered in 2023. The TikTok user who claims to be from the year 2983 has joined in the ridiculous trend of claiming they have nipped to the future to warn the world about major upcoming events. The self proclaimed quantum leaper shared three key dates to look out for just weeks before the new year began in the video, which now has more than 17,000 views. The TikToker wrote attention. Yes, I am a real time traveler. Remember these days for the start of 2023. Here they are January 30th humans discover three alternate universes which are unbalanced. February 14th, four high school students in Mexico will receive unknown abilities from the sun never seen before. February 10th, a UFO lands near Area 51, bringing a new alien species with it. Stay safe, he says. But not everyone was convinced of the TikTok user's Time traveling abilities. Bro, we know this is fake, one person wrote. So it's possible. We'll see. Well, let's get through those dates. Let's keep those dates in
1: mind. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens, Uh, especially why would a new species come to Area 51? That would be an interesting landing
0: point. So this next one's from LiveScience.com. Headline, Alien Life on Venus? No chance, says new NASA study. Here's the sub-headline. New research has debunked a 2020 study that claimed to have found the chemical phosphine a potential biomarker for extraterrestrial life in Venus's atmosphere. Hmm, Interesting. Here's the article. New research has debunked a controversial 2020 study that claimed to have found the chemical phosphine in Venus's hellish atmosphere. The chemicals reported existence had hinted that there was alien life on the planets. In 2020, a team of researchers announced that they had found phosphine in Venus's atmosphere using data collected by the Japanese space agency's Akatsuki spacecraft, which has been orbiting Venus since 2015. On Earth, (laughs) phosphine is released into the atmosphere where organic matter decays the alleged detection of the chemical in Venus's atmosphere sparked theories that extraterrestrial life could be present on our neighboring planets. Now, in a new study published October 21st in the journal Geophysical Research Letters, researchers used the Stratospheric Observatory for infrared astronomy. A plane-mounted telescope co-run by NASA and the German space agency to scan Venus's atmosphere. The researchers found that it was extremely unlikely that phosphine exists in Venus's atmosphere. And even if it did, the chemical could not be present in concentrations greater than eight parts per billion, which is too low to have been created by extraterrestrial life. So sorry, people no aliens on Venus. So they're saying, And you know we like to talk about exoplanet discoveries here on these Beyond the News episodes. So this one is from CNET.com. And this is the headline. NASA telescopes identify two alien worlds composed mostly of water. Here is the article. In the journal Nature Astronomy, a crew of exoplanet hunters announced that once again, we've furthered our alien world repertoire using NASA's orbiting Hubble and retired Spitzer space telescopes. Scientists identified two exoplanets that seem to be immersed in blankets of none other than life's elixir water sitting in a star system, about 218 light years away. These Azure globes named Kepler 138 C and Kepler 138 D orbits a dim red dwarf star. They are about one and a half times the size of earth and boast masses approximately twice as hefty as our planets. You'd think they're kind of earthy cousins, but oddly enough, these measurements make the Kepler duo story a bit paradoxical. Despite water not being directly detected, the researchers were able to use the NASA telescopes to compare the sizes and masses of the planets to models, which suggested a significant fraction of these worlds volume up to half of it should be made of materials lighter than rock, but heavier than hydrogen or helium, which are gases. And what sits right in the middle of rock and gas? Well, water. Okay. So, There's water out there as we go out into space. But what about inner space? Or these substances that give us access to other spaces? This article is from futurism.com and here is the headline. Startup trying to test whether people on DMT experience a shared alien universe. Oh. Wondering how they test that? I'm not sure. But here's the article. Known as the God molecule to psychedelics enthusiasts, NNDMT is said to produce vivid and strangely similar hallucinations for many who take it. Now, a new extended state version of the powerful drug may help psychonauts stay there longer than ever before. Among their eccentric goals to see and document. Whether people are actually entering a shared alternate dimension when they ingest this substance. As the New Republic reports, the Colorado based psychedelic startup Medicinal Mindfulness is currently seeking approval from the Food and Drug Administration to study what it's calling DMTX, an extended state intravenous drip version of DMT that will induce in users trips far longer than the roughly five to 10 minute experiences the drug typically provides. Yes. I remember the book DMT, the spirit molecule, they were doing experiments like that. As of now, DMT is legal only for specific government approved research purposes in the U S Though states like New York and Colorado are looking to legalize it further as researchers and new age types continue to praise its therapeutic and spiritual uses. Wow. So, another thing happening. They're going to do some experience with DMT X.
1: I'm curious how they're going to decide whether or not that space is shared. As far as like research, if you think of like setting up an experiment and if this happens, it means this, you know, how they're going to form their theory. Like, how are they going to
0: decide? Well, if people come back and they have the same story, like if they come back and they're interacting with the same beings, they have the same story. They go to the same place, but they are independent of each other. That's pretty much a dead giveaway right there.
1: Well, right. I was just thinking that there could be infinite amount of experiences and you could be having the same shared space as someone who's uh, ingesting DMT on the other side of the world, but not necessarily in the same experiment space as that person happens to be in.
0: Well, we'll find out. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. This is from dailystar.co.uk headline. Brit author claims he's got evidence aliens exist and are living on the moon. Oh, Okay. I love these British articles because they have a lot of words that I'm like, as an American, I'm like, wait a minute. What's a space boffin? What's a boffin? So here we go. Here's the article. A space boffin claims he has proof aliens are living on the moon. Brit author Simon Lewis says he has been given eerie photos, which he says show UFOs and a strange structure up there. They were taken by astronauts during the Apollo space program and he is now revealing them for the first time. One photo taken during the Apollo 16 mission in 1972 appears to show a mile long cigar shaped object thought to be a base hidden inside a crater. The Apollo 15 trip a year earlier captured a possible flying saucer. Another snap shows a shiny UFO in a close encounter with the Apollo 11 lunar lander in 1969 when Neil Young first stepped foot on the moon. I've got around 8,000 images, all looking normal until you start looking closely and you realize some are odd. These photos have never been made public before. Oh, interesting. Well, let's see them. Let's get them out there. People bring on the photos. So, okay, well, aliens are on the moon. This guy has photos. And just like we were just talking about in that DMT article, psychedelics are becoming legal and accepted in mainstream consciousness. This is from smithsonianmag.com headline. Adults can now use magic mushrooms with supervision in Oregon. And here's the article. On January 1st, Oregon became the first state in the nation to allow adults to use psilocybin, a psychedelic compound found in so-called magic mushrooms. Now, anyone aged 21 and older can legally access psilocybin services in Oregon, which means they'll be able to consume psychedelic mushrooms under the supervision of a state-certified facilitator. The move is... The result of a ballot measure that voters approved in 2020, which directed the Oregon Health Authority to license and regulate the manufacturing, transportation, delivery, sale, and purchase of psilocybin products and the provision of psilocybin services per the agency's website. Since then, state officials and members of the public have been hashing out (laughs) exactly what that looks like a process they completed just a few days before the legalization took effect. Though psilocybin is now technically legal, individuals in Oregon won't be able to rush out and eat mushrooms right away. For one, the state has not legalized the retail sale of magic mushrooms, and it will take some time for Oregon's new psilocybin services section to review license applications from manufacturers laboratories, service centers, and facilitators, as Lily Acker reported for the Oregonian last year. Approved applicants will likely begin offering psilocybin services sometime later in 2023, per the state. Yes, we're the first one, and there's some other ones happening. And we'll just briefly go over this. This is from fox13now.com, nonprofit leads push to legalize psychedelics in Utah. Wow. Utah Mushroom Therapy, a new nonprofit, is working to garner public support through an online petition and there's other states coming. We've got New York. This is from Forbes.com. New York lawmakers introduce psychedelics legalization bill. The bill which was expected to be formally filed for the 2023 2024 legislative session on Wednesday was unveiled last week by democratic assembly members, according to a report from marijuana moment. Wow. And then who else magic mushrooms would be decriminalized in California under new bill. This is from LA times.com. So another state, is there anyone else? Not yet, but it's coming. You can see the push For legalization, it's happening. It's coming, people. Here in Oregon, it's legal. So let's talk about quantum realities right now, quantum computers, quantum everything. This is from vice.com headline. Government scientists discover entirely new kind of quantum entanglement in breakthrough. And here's the article. Scientists at Brookhaven National laboratory have uncovered an entirely new kind of quantum entanglement, a phenomenon that causes particles to become weirdly linked, even across vast cosmic distances, reports a new study. The discovery allowed them to capture an unprecedented glimpse of the bizarre world inside atoms, the tiny building blocks of matter. The mind bending research resolves a long standing mystery about the nuclei of atoms, which contain particles called protons and neutrons, and could help shed light on topics ranging from quantum computing to astrophysics. The exciting discoveries took place at the Relativistic Heavy Ion Collider, a specialized facility at Brookhaven in New York that can accelerate charged atoms known as ions to almost light speed. When these ions collide or even just pass near each other, their interactions expose the inner workings of atoms, which are governed by the strange laws of quantum mechanics. Now, for the first time ever, scientists at Brookhaven have captured interference patterns that are created by the entanglement of two particles with different charges a breakthrough that has opened up a completely new window into the mysterious innards of atoms that make up visible matter in the universe, according to a study published Wednesday in Science Advances. Wow, okay. So quantum entanglement, there's even more ways for things to be entangled. As we know, it's all entangled. It's all one thing. Okay, this next one, is from phys.org, phy Again, they have great info. Here is the headline. Chip circuit for light could be applied to quantum computations. Here's the article. The ability to transmit and manipulate with minimal loss the smallest unit of light, the photon, plays a pivotal role in optical communications as well as designs for quantum computers that would use lights rather than electric charges to store and carry information. Now, researchers at the National Institute of Standards and Technology and their colleagues have connected on a single microchip quantum dots Artificial atoms that generate individual photons rapidly and on demand when illuminated by a laser with miniature circuits that can guide the light without significant loss of intensity. To create the ultra low loss circuits, the researchers fabricated silicon nitride waveguides, the channels through which the photons traveled and buried them in silicon dioxide. The channels were wide but shallow, a geometry that reduced the likelihood that photons would scatter out of the waveguides. Encapsulating the waveguides in silicon dioxide also helped to reduce scattering. Interesting. So they're able to manipulate and guide a single photon. Guide it... Shame. It's just, it's, we're about to unlock a new quantum level of reality and even travel through time. So perhaps that TikToker was real because here is iflscience.com headline. Scientists have reversed time inside a quantum computer and the implications are huge. Here's the article. Time. It's constantly running out and we never have enough of it. Some say it's an illusion. Some say it flies like an arrow. Well, this arrow of time is a big headache in physics. Why does time have a particular direction? And can such a direction be reversed? A study published in Scientific Reports is providing an important point of discussion on the subject. An international team of researchers has constructed a time reversal program on a quantum computer in an experiment that has huge implications for our understanding of quantum computing. Their approach also revealed something rather important. The time reversal operation is so complex that it is extremely improbable, maybe impossible For it to happen spontaneously in nature. The researchers wanted to see if they could get time to spontaneously reverse itself for one particle for just a fraction of a second. The team set out to test if this can happen, both spontaneously in nature and in the lab. The team decided to simulate the localized electron idea in a quantum computer and create a time reversal operation that would bring it back to the original States while time reversal programs and quantum computers are unlikely to lead to a time machine. It might have some important applications in making quantum computers more precise in the future. Interesting. And this is actually quite the threshold. If you understand anything about quantum computers, this is from spectrum.ieee.org. Headline, an IBM quantum computer will soon pass the 1,000 qubit mark. I remember when they were in the 20s. Here's the article. IBM's Condor, the world's first universal quantum computer with more than 1,000 qubits, is set to debut in 2023. The year is also expected to see IBM launch Heron the first of a new flock of modular quantum processors that the company says may help it produce quantum computers with more than 4,000 qubits by 2025. So interesting. We've hit the 1,000 qubit mark. So here we go. That's wild. And they say that the quantum computers could create hacking situations where any encryption could be broken. So here is fenscoop.com headline Biden signs quantum computing cybersecurity bill into law. They're trying to be preemptive. Here's the article President Biden signed legislation to encourage federal government agencies to adopt technology that is protected from decryption by quantum computing. The Quantum Computing Cybersecurity Preparedness Act earlier this month progressed through the Senate after companion legislation passed the House in July. The newly enacted legislation comes amid fears that significant leaps in quantum technology being made by countries hostile to the United States, including China, could allow existing forms of secure encryption to be cracked much more quickly. President Biden also signed into law the SBA. Cyber Awareness Act, which requires the Small Business Administration to submit an annual report regarding the cybersecurity of the agency. Okay, prepping for the future as we get into quantum computers. And this is something interesting. This is from neurosciencenews.com. Here's the headline. Cancer vaccine to simultaneously Kill and Prevent Brain Cancer Developed. Here's the article. Scientists are harnessing a new way to turn cancer cells into potent anti-cancer agents. And the latest work from the lab of Khalid Shah at Brigham and Women's Hospital, a founding member of the Mass General Brigham Healthcare System, Investigators have developed a new cell therapy approach to eliminate established tumors and induce long-term immunity, training the immune system so that it can prevent cancer from recurring. The team tested their dual-action cancer-killing vaccine in an advanced mouse model of the deadly brain cancer glioblastoma with promising results. Interesting. And this vaccine uses what we talked about earlier with the babies in the pods, the CRISPR gene editing tool. They took living tumor cells, the team that invented this, and repurposed them to release a tumor cell-killing agent, cancer that kills cancer. Absolutely astounding. The future is cancer-free, as it already was, it seems. And this is another cool future tech one. This is from bbc.com. Headline, the promise of batteries that come from trees. Here's the article. As demand for electric vehicles soars, scientists are searching for materials to make sustainable batteries. Lignin, the stuff that makes trees woody, is shaping up to be a strong contender. Interesting. Lignin, a polymer, contains carbon. And carbon makes a great material for a vinyl component in batteries called the anode. The lithium-ion battery in your phone almost certainly has a graphite anode. Graphite is a form of carbon with a layered structure. So the article says here that they are making a lignode, which is a special lignin carbon structure. Interesting. Look into this, people. Batteries made from wood. Of course, that would not be very good for the tree population.
1: Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that, where they would be getting the lignin from, I guess if it's already from waste products. But no more trees,
0: please. Yes, well, we just have a few more articles to go. We like to end things on a funny note. And, you know, we also like to kind of end it on a strange note and a happy note. All of these things. We've had a great episode. This is from vice.com. This is good news, I would say. Here's the headline. Scientists destroyed 95% of toxic Forever Chemicals, in just 45 minutes, study reports. Here is the article. Scientists have invented a new way to destroy toxic substances known as forever chemicals that have become widespread in waterways around the world, presenting risks to human health and biodiversity, reports a recent study. The technique successfully broke down 95% of the pernicious chemicals called perfluoroalkyl substances in just 45 minutes. PFAS compounds are a complex group of chemicals that were first commercially manufactured in the 1940s and quickly became ubiquitous in products such as cosmetics, cookware textiles among countless others. My God. In recent decades, scientists have discovered that PFAS take an extremely long time to break down in water, a problem that has led to global contamination of groundwater, rainwater, drinking water, and other systems. Exposure to PFAS has been linked to ecological damage and a host of human health problems, including certain cancers which has galvanized researchers across many fields to find new ways of removing these toxic chemicals from water systems. Now, scientists at the University of California Riverside have presented a promising platform to treat PFAS contaminated drinking water sources that uses hydrogen and UV light to obliterate some of those chemicals. The basic concept removes PFAS by infusing a contaminated source with hydrogen, which causes water to release electrons and other particles that can weaken the strong molecular bonds in PFAS. The UV light pulses supercharge these reactions, speeding up the time it takes for the toxic chemicals to fall apart into harmless components. Ooh.
1: Oh, I really hope that that's promising work. I hope that that can take off because that's huge.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would take the poison out of the water, the poison that is contaminating water. And we're water-based organisms, humans.
1: The whole planet. I mean, everything needs water. And it's like there's is in everything now. So that's huge.
0: Yes. Yes. That was the good news. And two more, two more people, two more stories. We can do this. This is from foodbusinessnews.net. Headline, insect protein maker to build second U.S. facility. See, I don't know how I feel about insect protein. I tried it once. My body rejected it. It absolutely, I took a bite of an insect bar. My body did not want it. It said, no, do not swallow. Here's the article. Insect protein producer, insect, spelled with a Y, plans to construct a large-scale farm project beginning in late 2023. The new facility will expand the company's sustainable carbon-negative production capabilities that convert Molitor and Buffalo mealworms into fertilizer for plants, oils for consumptions by pets and livestock, and protein for humans. Hey, wasn't that in uh, Blade Runner, the second one? They had a mealworm farm? Anyways, Here's a quote. Meal worm protein is the only one in the world available on the market that can combine not only performance and health, but also natural origin and sustainability, says Antoine Hubert, chief executive officer of Insect. Insect protein is more sustainable and will open a new mode of food development, that is efficient, nutritious, and capable of positively impacting the food chain at multiple points. Oh, God.
1: Are you ready for your buffalo mealworm burgers?
0: No. I refuse to eat bugs, people. I (laughs) can't. I can't. My body rejects it. My spirit rejects it. I only eat eggs. I don't even really eat meat. I had some fish the other day, and it felt weird. I had some salmon. So, no, I refuse to eat the insects, but it sounds like it's expanding. The market is expanding.
1: I feel like on a previous Beyond the News episode, you covered the opening of that first factory. Really? Do you remember that? I'm pretty sure. I don't.
0: I don't, but that's quite possible. Okay, so we have one more left. This is a funny one, a little sad, but also really funny. And this is going to end our Beyond the News episode. Been a great one. Okay, so this is cbsnews.com. Headline, every monk in Thai temple defrocked after testing positive for meth. Oh, my God, they're tweaking with Buddha. (laughs) Here's the article. A Buddhist temple in central Thailand has been left without monks after all of its holy men failed drug tests and were defrocked. A local official said Tuesday. Four monks, including an abbot at a temple in Pecheban Province's Bung Phan District, tested positive for methamphetamine on Monday, district official Boonlert Tinpintai told AFP. The monks have been sent to a health clinic to undergo drug rehabilitation, the official said. Quote The temple is now empty of monks and nearby villagers are concerned they cannot do any merit-making, he said. Merit-making involves worshippers donating food to monks as a good deed. Boonlert said more monks will be sent to the temple to allow villagers to practice their religious obligations. Thailand is a major transit country for methamphetamine flooding in from Myanmar's troubled Shan State via Laos according to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. On the street, meth pills called Yaba sell for less than 20 baht, around 50 cents.
1: Oh, no. It's like cheaper than
0: candy. Meth, and particularly Yaba can be easily found in every corner of Thailand. Supply is up everywhere. And at this point, a tablet is cheaper than a beer.
1: that's heartbreaking (laughs) really that's they're tweaking with
0: buddha hey that's a great way to focus on meditation
1: i was just gonna say that's probably they're like hey if you just take this you'll be able to meditate
0: for four days straight without sleeping (laughs) or food or anything and uh, who knows what they did there well incredible episode we covered ai space aliens so much tree batteries psychedelic legalization in multiple states brin what do you think about all this
1: i think it's wild i think it's all going to come together there's going to be shared dmt in the quantum realm with tree batteries and mealworm patties oh god <laughs> it's all coming together oh, in the in like the past and the future. Oh yeah, and there's going to be like robots with your uh greeting messages. Oh no, I know. You're going to have your uh AI performing your your uh safe space trip for you while you're on mushrooms. They're going to guide you. An
0: AI shaman there you go. Oh man, we haven't even <laughs> cracked that world uh, Yeah, Yeah. AI shamans. Oh, people wrap your head around that for a week. And then come back here. We're going to have some great guests coming up. You know, I love doing these beyond the news episodes. And of course the Patreon, which we're going to talk about more in preceding episodes, but we do have a Patreon now. You can go, you can support, Us, you could support the podcast. You could support the guests. It's all one thing. It's patreon.com slash midnight on earth. I'm going to be talking about it every episode, but just wanted to remind you here at the end. Bryn, thank you so much for joining us again. Appreciate you taking the time to be here. And thank you.
1: Yeah, entertaining and enlightening as always.
0: Yes, super fun. So great episode, everyone. And we will see you next week, midnight on Earth.